Greetings program. Hello and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie by minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. This is Minute 20. I'm your host, Duncan Shields, and with me today is my dynamic, upstanding, talented guest co-host, Adam Liebrick Johnson. Welcome, Adam. Oh, stop. You're going to give me a big head. <laughs> uh, so what happens in this minute? Uh, Flynn tells Dr. Laura Baines and Alan that it's too noisy to talk on the arcade floor, so they ascend to Flynn's sweet bachelor pad and he changes shirts and they all get reacquainted with a little light bickering <laughs> ah yes banter banter little banter little playful banter between the leads uh flynn says yeah you can't hear yourself thinking here come on and motions them to the back and we, we were talking a little earlier about the noise in the original arcade that is i think a lot of it's actually generated from the set of all the video games when they're turned on here in these scenes and do you uh, do you remember the 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 volume in those arcades what what were, in the arcades that you went to do you, how how loud do you remember them being oh it was it was incredibly loud um um the one i i went to a lot when i was a kid tried to keep the volume turned down on the video games but uh, that just meant uh the people were loud yeah, because I guess you've got three things. You've got the the 8-bit wash from all the machines flooding your ears yeah. and then but you might also have music playing. Yes, they definitely had music playing and then and then the pinball the pinball noises were loud and then uh and then yeah, the just players the, the players, just the players themselves. themselves shouting, kids screaming, all sorts of that, all sorts of stuff like that. I imagine owner operators and uh employees must have needed ear protection. Yep. In fact, I think there was a, a 2000, I looked it up and there was a 2008 study conducted by the University of Maine that recorded noise levels in local video arcades and found noise levels so extreme that visitors in the arcades risked temporary hearing loss in just 30 seconds of exposure and extended or frequent exposure as such levels would result in permanent hearing loss or tinnitus or is it tinnitus or tinnitus? I think it's tinnitus. I've got a, I've got a bit of it. Yeah, I think it's tinnitus. I don't think that's from video games. I think that's from music. Yeah, music. All that amplified music. Well, you know, playing, being a trombone player, I'm always sitting in front of trumpets in big bands. Yeah, yeah. So that's... Uh, you can get quite loud with those ones. Those instruments yep. were geared to be super loud. They said that 77% of the children aged 11 to 15 spent an average of one hour a week in video arcades. And they did studies in Japan that was the same thing. There was really, really lots and lots of super, super loud. Which I imagine in Japan you've got a different, a different kind of wall of noise, but the same, the same sound levels anyway. Because they've got all the Plinko machines and stuff and yep. that would be a bit different. Yeah, that's like even in the director's commentary, the associate producer Harrison Ellenshaw mentions that he brings his kid to an arcade locally now and then, but that he has to bring earplugs when he goes into the arcade, which is pretty. Yeah, they they, they can get rather loud. So my question here is, yeah, what is circus science? Now, I think this is an issue in the audio because on the because I said the same thing. I was like. Circus science? That doesn't make any sense. What is he? How, how's it going with circus science? Uh, but in the subtitles, it says serious science. Okay, so that's... 
okay, because circus made no sense. No, circus doesn't make any sense. I'm like, it's 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 sort of even with Flynn's uh, even with Flynn's disillusionment with Encom that it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, his his disrespect. You could take it as sort of being a disrespectful burn, but it doesn't. It still doesn't make any sense as a as a burn, you know. Yeah, because it's not a particularly good burn. It's just yeah, it's like, a poor word choice. It's a it's a poor word choice. But I think it's just recorded. I think it's just something about there's an artifact in the recording that makes it sound like circus because it's not. It's because it, the subtitles say serious, which makes way more sense. But it, he clear it feels like he clearly says circus. Yeah. As uh, as Alan passes Flynn, Flynn pats Alan on the shoulder, and Alan is really not a big fan of that. He doesn't jerk away, but he sure does register his displeasure before adjusting his yeah, glasses. You know. Yeah, I get the feeling from this and what what he says later in the uh, in the minute that uh, Alan doesn't really uh, understand Flynn's decision to either quit and come and open this thing or, or whatever or whatever happened to him. Yeah. Yeah, he really he does he has no he doesn't care for Flynn very much. I think uh I think Bruce Boxleitner might have made a good Clark Kent. Yeah, he he looks very Clark Kenty here. Yeah. He's got a real cliche handsome leading man face, but he's got that yeah, the the glasses and everything and I don't know if he would have made a good Superman, but he sure would have made a good Clark Kent. Yep. And I am most thing. familiar with him from uh, from Babylon Five. Yeah, for sure. As are I think a lot of people. A lot of people are probably most familiar with him from that show because it's such a long running, excellent show. That's still a show that I have to see all the way through. It's it's really good. You can uh, you can stop after season four. Yeah, that's that's what <laughs> I, I hear. Is that because that's when it got canceled, right? It got canceled, then they got picked up for a final season. But because they'd gotten canceled, they they tried to wrap everything up at the end of season four, and then they were left with not much to do in season five. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so they wrapped it all up, and then they were like, good news, you get another season. And they're like, but but we, we, we're we done. <laughs> well, whip something up. Because uh, it, it, was, it was supposed to be, okay. a, uh, supposed to be a, a five-year arc from the yeah. beginning, and then they got told halfway through season four that season four would be their last, so they rushed to wrap everything up and... Then we're wound up with another season. Oh well, geez, that's that's good news, bad news, right there. Yep. And you can see as Flynn passes Alan here that they are almost exactly the same height. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was a problem in filming as well because they were supposed to be two different body types, but they're almost like the same body with different faces. Yeah, right. they're just sort of generic white guy sized. Yeah, generic white guy. You know pretty good shape it's the hair it's the hair it's the hair that's the difference yeah the hair and the personality for sure and uh, we walk by a big neon sign that says astro gunner yeah like you were yep. saying astro gunner and one of flynn's very young employees says come on flynn in a i don't know it's she's a little familiar i thought she was being a little familiar in terms of the way she was talking to the boss i think well, he it seems like he, he it seems like he'd be that kind of boss though where he'd be his employee's buddy yeah, he runs a pretty relaxed ship, I imagine. And but then, it also seems like like this is something that she's had to ask him about several times. Yeah, like she's like maybe it's a problem with one of the machines, or maybe the, one of the change machines is out of money or something, and she needs him to do. She needs him to do something, and it doesn't seem like it's the first time she's asked him to do it, and he keeps yeah, putting it off. Yeah, she's like, how about now? Jeez, come on, maybe it's signing. Her, maybe he needs to sign her paycheck. Yeah, 
yeah. Uh, super soon. Yeah, I'll get uh, get right on it, Linda. I'll get right on that. <laughs> super soon. Yeah, yeah. Come back to me uh, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what's cool is that around second six, someone really bumps the camera as they're walking off. Just gives it a good yep. shake. Just gives it a good shake there. So they're like, oh, that's no. The take that, that's the take they kept. That's the take they kept. So I wonder if that was one of those things where they didn't notice until it was actually in print. One thing I notice is all the fashion in here. It's very 70s right now. Lots of brown and 70s haircuts. Yep. Well, you know, 82 was the, the the tail end of that sort of 70s fashion. It's interesting to see. It's always interesting to see cinematic evidence of that, though. When you see a movie from 1982 and you yep. remember, I don't know, zebra print rugs and chrome and shoulder pads and, you know, violet eyeshadow and a lot of very fluorescent leggings you remember all this 80s stuff but then when you actually that's, that's see more footage, that's more like 86 to 89 yeah that's way later but when you when you see when you see evidence of that because you remember the 80s being one way and then you see actual footage yeah. from 82 and you're like oh yeah that's right the 70s blended into the 80s for quite a while there's these two guys in suits at the right of the frame right before they cut to the uh the stairway yeah, I'm those, wondering why they're even th- why why they're even there in the arcade. I was thinking very clearly undercover cops. These are truant officers. Yeah. These are FBI guys or something and like that. And then there's this kid that comes shoving past them right at the end of it. And he's he's straight out of the 70s. That kid was in the arcades with me. That kid, I recognize that kid. That's a very <laughs> that's an that's a very accurate kid right there. Yep. What is it? Oh, in the background you can see a stoplight. They've got a a stoplight there. Yeah, there seems to be a theme of, of that kind of utilitarian stuff because right above the door into the, the maintenance room there, there's a taxi light. Yeah, oh, that's what that is. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. So Finley seems to like to collect this utilitarian uh, stuff because up in his apartment there's also a parking meter. That's right, there's a straight-up parking meter in the background. I remember uh, when I was – I remember once I was walking to a party in 1991 – and there'd been a car accident, and a car had struck a freestanding traffic light on a median and had knocked over the pole and had knocked the street light off of the pole. And there was no cars around. There was some broken glass, but the cars were gone. So I guess the cars had been towed, and the cleanup crew hadn't come for the stoplight yet. And so I just picked up the stoplight, and I brought it to the party that I was on the way to. <laughs> And they're huge when you're actually like they. they oh yeah, they're they're, actually, they're, they're they're huge and they're really hot when they're running. Yeah, because the, the so lights I generate a lot of the, heat. That's right. I brought it to the party, and uh, it was there was engineers at the party. There was like university engineers at the party, and so they got the lights to work. They hooked up the lights again. The actual like <laughs> the timing box, the, the the timing box wasn't with it, but they could hook up the wires so that the actual that the lights turned on. And so uh, I was like, well, thank you very much. And so I brought that home and we had it for a while. And then uh, a friend of mine liked it. So I gave it to him as a housewarming present when he when he moved out on his own. And he uh, he still got it. It's in the it's in the corner of his house to this day. Nice big. Meanwhile, old some some workers showed up at the craft site to clean it up and went. Wasn't yeah. there supposed to be a stoplight here. Uh, we're missing what we're supposed to repair like in uh the end of the thing the generator's gone mac mm-hmm. oh yeah how do we repair it no 
it's gone. (laughs) (laughs) There's a stop sign near my house that got stolen every every three months, basically. Somebody would steal a stop sign near my house. For sure. It was the same kind of thing. You think of that with, uh, like, we've got a, I'm in Vancouver right now, and we've got a park here called Dude Chilling Park. (laughs) And the sign for Dude Chilling Park gets stolen, like, monthly. And it's like, we, it's like, guys, we're going to call it something else. If you keep stealing the sign, we can't keep calling it Dude Chilling Park. And, or there's streets, there's street signs like that too. You know, you'll get like a, a street sign that has a dirty, a dirty, uh, a dirty sounding name or, or something like that, or a town sign that has like a dirty sounding name. And, and it just, there's a town in, uh, there's a town in Austria that I won't say that keeps getting their uh, keeps getting their 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 town sign stolen. Yeah, back east in Canada here, I think we have a, a dildo, a town called Dildo <laughs> somewhere, and that just keeps getting keeps getting yoinked. And, you know, well, what do you do? But they all end up yeah. in places like this. They all end up in like yeah. someone that's got the arcades room. and somebody's dorm room and something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's weird that like the door into the maintenance room is one of those like laundry room bifold uh, louvered doors oh yeah like a farmhouse like it, it's really weird and then uh, like under the stairs they got oh i see yeah no the, not like a farmhouse yeah like the like an accordion yeah, but, door like a folding door yeah like why why is that that doesn't seem very secure yeah if it's going up to yeah. a lot of it's going up to his his room and and also this is the maintenance room so they've you know they, they've done a good job of uh decorating this room for what something that's on screen for like two seconds maybe yeah they've yeah. got uh they've got some dead uh, crts on the shelf there and that's right uh, hand trucks removing the games yeah and i i said and they've got i think i wasn't sure if that was a hand truck or if that was a folded up aluminum ladder i thought it was that's uh, a, that's that's an appliance hand truck. That's what you'd use to move the games around. For sure. Okay. Cool. That's what. Yeah. That's what I thought. But I wasn't sure what. But then uh, my favorite bit is just is just like the 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 dead CRT there on the shelf because that is that is a video game monitor right there. Yeah. For sure. The big. Uh, the and big... all those com- all those components there are from video games. And, and then pinball I, machines. Yeah. Uh, there's some. Uh, looks like some guts of a pinball machine down there underneath. Yeah. There's some solenoids and some uh, some other things down there. It's it's. It's a pretty accurately decorated room. Yeah, and then I also like as as uh, as Dr. Laura Baines is walking up the stairs, she walks past three super sweet, colorful '80s posters. Yep. And I think it looks like they were probably whipped up by the art department, like fiction. Yeah, I don't think they're for any actual games. I wish they'd uh, put out prints of them, though. I want to see high res, high res, uh, like pictures of those because it looks pretty cool. They, they all, all three of them look really cool. And the original, the original location actually did have a loft, but they went back to do reshoots, and so they ended up using a different, a different set for it. Yeah. Or at least that's what they say. In the commentary, the producer and the director admit that they changed some dialogue and wanted a reshoot, but the powers that be wouldn't greenlight a reshoot for dialogue, so they said they had to reshoot because of a huge lighting change, because of the lighting coming up from the arcade floor. But they weren't entirely truthful about that. They just were like, uh, <laughs> "Okay, uh, it's for lighting," and then, "Oh, okay," and so they they got to reshoot the scene. Although there's some shots here of Laura, and in the background you can see the arcade downstairs. So I'm not sure if they reshot the entire scene or if they just reshot some some parts of the scene. 
Yeah, where she's sitting there with her hand on that uh, wooden <laughs> wooden bird. Turkey? <laughs> Turkey stork, perhaps? I'm Goose? Not... Yeah. <laughs> like we Okay, so let's talk about Flynn's apartment. We get into Flynn's apartment, and it's incredible. It's, it, there's what looks like a straight-up half of a tree trunk against the wall by the door. Yeah. Like, left there's, over uh, from more us. More rainbows. Thing. Lots of rainbows, and, uh, like, almost... Like, Almost like rainbow flags, almost. There's rainbow crescents and there's rainbow flags, yeah. rainbow rectangles. Except the, the and then there's that, uh, there's a thing on the wall under the masks that's the, the circles that are rainbow colored. Yeah, like a sorting, like a sorting board almost, except it's got yeah. the, the colors in there. And then got some really nice stereo equipment for the time there. Yeah, that's right. Got all these masks. Like, like, it doesn't seem like wall. Flint, it doesn't seem like Flynn is doing too badly financially, really. Yeah, that's the one thing. There's all these, all these stuff around, but there's this, there's these inferences that he's just getting by. That he's his arcades a rundown arcade in the bad part of town, and he's squeezing what he can out of this business venture that he's doing, you know, in lieu yeah. of the riches that he could have made at Encom. And it's like, well, you don't. It yeah, looks like you're living a pretty sweet existence here. Yeah, I like Alan implying that programmers actually make money. Yeah. Because <laughs> that is certainly not the case anymore. Not anymore. And, I well, I think it's still a viable, it's a pretty viable option in terms of a career and in terms but of But it, it's not so. something you can get rich doing. It's something you can be comfortable doing, but I don't think it's something you can get rich doing. No, you'd still need a copyright or you'd still need something something special to kick it up into that super upper bracket and then what do we got here yeah all these masks in the back you've got these balinese masks looks like maybe some first nation masks there's all these different masks back there i'm not sure what it seems like a, an african mask maybe there's a bunch of different cultures represented on that back wall and then his yeah. bed his bed's right in the center of the room well, it looks like he's got it looks like he's got this one this is this is the entirety of his living space yeah this is it yeah it's the dining room slash kitchen slash bathroom slash bedroom all, all right yep. there. Well, he doesn't have to pay rent except for on his uh, arcade building. So. Yeah. And I wonder, because it is insinuated that this is the scene from earlier where he was hacking. And yeah. I'm not sure quite where that took place from this, unless it was in the back room uh, there. Or behind the there. camera, maybe? Yeah, behind the camera. But that's where all the sort of couches are, so... But it might have been, yeah. I mean, it's it's immaterial, but whatever. Yeah. Do you, uh, and I wonder, well. And Jeff Bridges looking like a snack with his shirt off. <laughs> do you think, how much, do you think this place sees a lot of action? Oh, definitely. That's, that's my, that's my question. Is it, is it, is oh, he. Oh, definitely. I mean. Does he play video games by day and hack by night and then just grab the occasional hour of sleep? Or is there some, uh. Is there some good time bachelor action going on in this apartment? Because I I figure there is. Uh, there I, there definitely is. There's no way he's not uh, he's not doing that because uh, you know he takes his shirt off and he there's no way he's not pulling a whole bunch. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Do you cover? Maybe that's you? what his maybe that's what his employee uh, was going on about. <laughs> that's that's that was something that did crossed my mind as I was like, oh no, please, please don't be sleeping with your employees. Please don't. <laughs> I, I, I think, I'm pretty sure he isn't. He seems like a, you know, I think a more morally sound guy than that. I think he plays the scoundrel, but I don't, I don't think he would, but 
Yeah. Is he taking a, so he's taking off one Flynn's shirt? Is he putting on his dress Flynn's t-shirt? <laughs> yeah, this is my my nighttime, my dark my dark Flynn's uh, my dark Flynn's t-shirt. I really co- I covet this apartment. I really covet this apartment. Yeah. And then Alan says, "Yeah, that Flynn is the best programmer that Encom has ever seen, but he's stuck here playing space cowboy." And uh, I don't know that Alan. He's really space been space paranoid. It's not space cowboy. <laughs> oh, uh, he says, you know, does he? Well, he says no, no. He says space. He says space cowboy. He just gets the name of the yeah. game wrong. <laughs> oh, you think he's referring to the game? That would make yeah. more sense. I thought he was just laying out a weird burn and calling calling Flynn a space cowboy, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. But spa- yeah, if he's if he's trying to like sort of make fun of space paranoia, he's not calling him the gangster of love. Yeah, or Maurice. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> yeah, so still being a bit of a. A wet blanket. And then, yeah, Dr. Laura Baines sits down beside a heron or a stuffed heron or a stuffed stork or, or a wooden sculpture of a bird of some kind. I think it's a turkey. Could be a turkey. Oh, yeah, a long necked turkey. Yeah, or a pheasant of some kind. I have no idea, but it's a very odd sculpture. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in this and, place. And it's placed oddly between those two chairs. Yeah, yeah. And she's even resting her hand on it and later on in the minute. You're just like, oh yeah, this is where you. This is what you lean on. Oh yeah, sure. Just put your hand on my art, why don't you? She says, "Let me handle this." And Flynn enters and says, "Go right ahead." And uh, there you go. Whips off his shirt. Quick armpit wipe with the shirt. Very classy. And then yeah, cla- classy gentleman there. Super classy gentleman. And then putting on his uh, put on his dress. His dress Flynn's. His dress Flynn's <laughs> shirt. This is like when uh, what was it in the first? Was it the second one? One of the Star Wars movies where Ray and Kylo are having a force phone call. Oh, yeah. She, and he's like, totally shirtless. It's like, oh, oh, hi. I wasn't expecting you. I don't have yeah. my shirt on. So he's just like, oh, don't mind me. I'm just going to take my shirt off and walk around for a while. Well, he, he it seems like he knows both of them pretty well. Knows, he knows Laura very well, apparently. Yeah, he knows Laura really well. And I think he, maybe he might have worked with Alan. Or Alan might know him by reputation, but they might have passed in the halls. But then neither she, of them seems that affected by him taking his shirt off. No, they're like, oh, that guy. Yeah, but there's no real eye rolls or reaction. He just kind of does it. Yep. And then she asks, have you been sneaking into the NCOM system? And out the window we see the arcade floor. We yep. can see another neon sign, but this one says Matrix Blaster. And this must have been yep. in yeah. I, this must have been shot in the actual loft because we can see the arcade downstairs. Yep. Unless they just recreated. It's a, it's a great space. It really is. I guess it's like in casinos when you can look out on the casino floor. You know. Yep. I love that other. Uh, there's another uh, neon recognizer right behind uh, Laura there. Yeah, I wonder if they sold any of those. That'd be a sweet little desktop toy thing to have. I'm sure I'm sure that went home with somebody after the production was done. Absolutely, for sure. I do know for a fact the uh the the exterior sign from Flynn's is in the uh in a where in a Disney warehouse. That's one of the few things they saved from the movie. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and that's cool. That's a pretty big sign too. That's a hefty sign. Yeah. So I'm glad it's a big neon sign. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of custom neon in the in this sequence here. Yeah. Yeah, I miss the neon days. Yeah, it's uh, hard to find anymore. Hard to find. Very few people are making it. 
hard to maintain, right? Hard to maintain. And it's all custom yeah, bespoke what, work. Yeah, because you have to, it's all hand bent into the, you know, it's all hand blown and hand bent into the, uh, into the proper shape. And uh, when the gas goes out of a, goes out of a, uh, a tube, you gotta, uh, you gotta make a new tube. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a case of a Band-Aid or whatever. You can't just tape it up. I like that Laura Baines, like, cuts to the chase. You know, like, she says, let me handle this. And then she just says, have you been sneaking into the ENCOM system? Well, after right. she whacks him in the face with a pillow. Well, that's let's no, that, that that's later. That's after. Oh, that's that is later. That yeah, is later yeah, Cameron. yeah. Which he takes like a champ, which I, I really I really enjoyed. Well, because he, he deserved it. Yeah, like she's like I think that the the actor is 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 very pretty and was sort of I think hired in part to be in the movie because of the prettiness, but they did what they could to make her character like strong and direct. You know, she in yeah. all of her scenes, she's very much no nonsense. And when she says she's going to handle something, she handles it. And I really, oh, yeah. I really, I really like that that aspect of it. That they really did what they could to just you know actually put her in the forefront and make her part of the part of the film. Because at the time, there wasn't a whole lot of that going on. Well, and uh, you know, a, a female programmer at that time. Not not such an unusual site, but it is part start of the shift of programming in, into a boys' club at that at that era. Because yeah, before definitely. That, before that, programmers had been primarily women. That's right. That's right. If you, if, you know, if you look at like the the Apollo space program, a lot of most of the most of the computer programmers on that on the Apollo space program were women. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, there was a much higher percentage because it. it, it the way you programmed was typing into punch cards, and so they they viewed typing as women's work. There you go. Sure. Okay. I never made that connection before, but that makes sense. If you're dealing with like input data, yeah. Yep. Huh. Which of course is ridiculous, but super ridiculous. But I can see how one led to the other. I can see that now. That that. Yeah, and then it was uh, then once you once you started being able to make money from computers, that's when it started. They started pushing women out of out of the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, she says, never were much for small talk. Oh, no, he says, never were much for small yeah. talk, were you? And then she just stares him down, which I like. And then he changes tack to try to provoke another reaction, and he asks Alan, does she still leave her clothes all over the floor? Which I think is pretty, pretty rude. A little bit, a little bit rude. Yeah. Probably. Hey, I, I used to sleep with her. Now you do. Does he, she, is she still the same? Yeah, which is, I think... A bit, a bit of a line crosser, but he's just trying to stir shit, oh. I guess. And then, oh, yeah, uh, that, 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 and, you know, that, that's what that's what Flynn does. <laughs> that's what he does. And then Alan answers honestly and says no, to which she says, "Alan," and he says, "Well, I mean, not that often." And then the s- <laughs> still, that's sh- not a that's not a that's not a better answer. <laughs> no, not a better answer. And then, as the still shirtless Flynn chuckles at having caused a small spat. And uh, I, I remember in the last minute, <clears throat> my co-host was talking about, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if Flynn is going to take off his shirt in any of the upcoming minutes. I wonder if that's <laughs> going to happen. And he was right. It worked. The prediction turned out. But then I like that Dr. Laura Baines comes back with, now you can see why all of his friends are 14 years old, which is actually a, a dig at the, the clientele of the arcade. It's a pretty solid burn, I think. I think it's a pretty, I yeah. was like, oh, that's a good. All right, and then well, no, it, it's a good burn because it because it, it took it took uh, it 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 points out Flynn is acting childish. Yeah, yeah, and which is and then as she's walking 
by Alan, she pushes him and he just falls backward onto the couch. And then Flynn says, touche, with respect, putting on his, his dress Flynn's t-shirt. And uh, <laughs> and then he he saunters smugly over and flops down on the couch between Dr. Laura Baines and Alan. And this the couch is just an assortment of futons with no frame. So it's just on the floor. So when just he, sort of shoved into the corner. There. Yeah, when he flops down, he's pretty much lying down. And uh, Dr. Laura Baines is perched on the side of a coffee table there. Beside, as yeah, as we mentioned, beside a straight-up parking meter, and uh, a sweet neon recognizer. This place is like a bordello. It's all red lights. See all these red lights. I think everywhere. that's. I think all the red is coming from the neon from the uh, arcade floor. Yeah, pulsing up through the through the arcade floor. And yeah, she picks up a pillow and hucks it at his face, and he takes it like a champ. And then he he glances at Alan and motions towards her, like, "Am I right? See? Am I right? This one? Am I right?" <laughs> They're quite familiar. They're quite familiar with each other. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure they, they I, obviously he knows Laura very well, but I, I'm sure he knows Alan pretty well too from working with him. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I hope they know each other pretty well because he's if he's not he's otherwise being, he's just otherwise he's just being a dick. He's being a huge dick if he doesn't actually know <laughs> Alan enough to take these liberties. He's being a huge dick right now. I know in the director's commentary they mentioned that they originally wanted Flynn to be younger and Alan to be older, but then uh, just you know whatever schedule. I think I think they I think they kind of accomplished that with just with the way they're they're styled. Yeah, they're very different people, and the way they're styled. Because Flynn, Flynn, yeah. Flynn, even if they're close to the same age, Flynn is definitely acts younger. He's got the the longer hair. The he's in t shirt and jeans where. Alan's got a very professional haircut and glasses and looks very very buttoned up and yeah yeah it was casual suit on proper it. yeah and I also I also it's, what is like nine at night and he's still wearing a suit yeah yeah <laughs> right <laughs> what was that one in Thirty Rock she asked him is is that a tuxedo and he's like it's after six lemon what am I a farmer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, yeah is that a tuxedo yeah anyway so I also I also like what Laura's wearing here. She's got the suit. She actually, I'm just putting it together right now. She's half and half because Flynn's wearing the t-shirt and the jeans, and Alan's yeah, wearing Alan's a suit. the beige jacket, like the the beige suit. But she's wearing a blazer, like a suit jacket. But she's also wearing jeans and shoes. So she's yeah. sort of because she in the book it goes into that she's kind of torn between the two because she really likes. She doesn't much care for Encom but she loves the work. Yeah. Right? She's getting huge rewards out of the work, but she doesn't really like the company. But she And she likes Flynn's reckless, doesn't-need-anything attitude, but she also likes Alan's dependability. Yeah. So, yeah, I wonder. That's cool. That was probably a, a conscious costume choice, I think, to have her dress like a bit of both worlds. Yeah, and she obviously has a sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah, I like her quite a bit. She whacks him. She whacks him in the face with that pillow. <laughs> yeah, she gives him. She puts some uh, some English on it there. She gets him pretty good. That was a. It's not a half-hearted throw, and I like his reaction. He just <laughs> like, ah, okay. He's always like all of her burns. He's just like, yep, that's fair. That's fair. I had that coming. Well, because because he's he's uh, he's he's very, he's a very self-aware sort of dude. Yeah, which is good. He's not completely oblivious. That's the thing is, none of them are. None of them are oblivious characters, and I really, I really like that. They don't have, yeah, 
They don't. There's no. There's no character here that's two beats behind everyone else playing catch yep. up. You know, and I, there doesn't. They they do a good job of the exposition. There's nobody in this in this minute or these minutes that are like, so what's going on? You know, like everybody's yeah. up. To the, speed. The, 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 the exposition feels very nat- natural. Yeah. Yeah, there's not that one person who's like, I'm new, break it down. No one says, in English, please. You know, like, no one says that, yeah. you know. Or no one, and no one says, as you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's always, that's a huge one, for sure. As you know, I will repeat what you know. In uh, So in terms of differences between the screenplay and the novel, uh, the novel is pretty much the same, except with some internal monologues. Um but Flynn knows why they're there and that the jig is up and he's trying to play it cool. So when he turns around after playing the game and sees them, he's like, ah, geez, you know, busted, which doesn't come mm. across in the movie. But I'm like, oh, yeah, of course it would. Like, why would these people? He's like, he just did a, a hacking run last night and then two co-workers yeah. show up the next day. But uh, I guess, and I don't know if he, I don't know why he doesn't just run out the back door into the alley and like, see you later. Well, because you know? I, I'm sure he knows if it's those two coming for him and not like some sort of private investigator or police or something. Yeah. That they're there trying to protect him. That's what I figured as well. That he figures that if he's going to get busted, it won't be by his, his ex. Which, again, like, I think like, it's a pretty it's a pretty cool way of saying that he has a, a mature understanding with his with his ex-lover here and then his, his friend yeah. Alan. His friend. And, you know, they, I, I'm sure he doesn't. I'm sure he doesn't expect them to to turn him in. No, that they're there at least to warn him, you know, or to say, "Hey, dude, what's going on?" Uh, in the screenplay, is pretty much the same, except that again, she calls Ancom Icom, and yeah, it's mentioned that his apartment is the same one. I'm glad they changed that because Encom is a much better name. Encom's a much better name. Although they did, they do mention they had to go through hundreds and hundreds of names to try to find one that hadn't been registered yet and ncom was one of the few ones that they found that sounded plausible that hadn't been registered yet and it is plausible it sounds fantastic it's really it's like oh i believe that for sure ncom yeah it, it, it sounds like an 80s yeah. technology company yeah. like like it sounds like it could be short for like energy communications or yeah something and like then because what was the big there was a big energy company scandal of, of enron was Enron, right? So it's a lot of ends. I think that takes us up to about the end of the minute. What do you think? I don't. I don't have anything else. Uh, this one's uh, not much happens in this one. There's just some character development. Yeah, yeah. Some pretty sweet. Some pretty well done sweet character development. And there's of course the you know Flynn's sweet Flynn's pad. Sweet pad. Gosh, that's the dream. That's the dream pad right there. I would. Like honestly, if I if if I looked like Flynn, I would probably walk around shirtless <laughs> more too. Me too. So. Yeah. If you've got it, flaunt it. You know, sing your own song, Finn. Show it off. Yeah. Uh, so where can people find more of you if they want to hear more of you? Well, as I said before, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Big Bass Bone. You can follow my band, the Poxy Boggards. Uh, I also play in a couple other bands. Uh, you can check out my ska band called Failed to Victory and uh, my other ska band called Wondermelon and my other other ska band called Skadana, which is uh, a, a Madonna cover band in a ska style. Oh, gosh. I got to hear some of those. That sounds fantastic. Speak, speaking, speaking of the speaking 80s. Speaking of the 80s. I love that. Are you familiar with uh, Dread Zeppelin? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they were pretty big. I like I like it when uh, the, a different style is put on something. But that's Skadana. Skadana. Classic. Oh, man. 
I bet you it lends itself beautifully to that style, too. It really does. It's a lot of fun. Well, if uh, and if you want to get more in touch with us, look out uh, tronologicallyspeaking.com, and then same on Twitter, same on Gmail, um, and then go to the Tronologically Speaking minute-by-minute listeners page. And shout out to Pond5 for the music. And as always, special thanks to the Star Wars Minute that started it all. Go check it out and others at moviesbyminute.com. And if your favorite movie isn't there, then uh, do one yourself. Because it's a very good community to be a part of. Well, do you want to say end of line on three again? Yeah, let's do it. All right. One, two, three. End End of of line. line.